0: Hey everybody, this is Against Everyone with Connor Beebe. Uh This is an Against Saturdays episode. Just about every Saturday I bring you uh, an informal episode of the show where I talk about an idea that's in development, a concept I'm thinking about, or something that's happening in my life, or whatever. Um, so uh, this week I'm gonna be talking about uh, my encounter with Irish media. You might know that I moved to Ireland about a month ago and uh, what uh, that shows us about attitudes towards sex workers and sex uh, in Ireland but also more broadly in the media. Now that might not sound very exciting to you but I think you'll all like uh, the story and uh, thrill with me in the irritation and annoyance of it all. (laughs) Um, Before I go on I do want to say please donate to the show via patreon go to patreon.com forward slash Connor Beeb. your contributions and donations through patreon are what keep this show going um, and they're also a really good way to keep me out of that artist trap of not knowing when the income is coming or how much it's going to be. That's actually the real blessing of Patreon is that it helps give a regular uh, and dependable source of income to artists and creators. So when you are freelancing, you're like, uh, if I don't write an essay this week or do like, uh, or give a talk at a university like in my case, uh, well, will I be able to eat pancakes? Um, tomorrow and pay the rent and buy a book and just not be freaking out all the time. So in other words, it creates, uh, not only does it support me and other artists financially when you uh, donate to Patreon, but it also just creates a lot of psychic space to be able to do the work uh, that needs to be done, which I think is really important in this culture, talking about ideas deeply with people who have radical and big projects, which is the mainly what i do on the show but it also supports all my work all that so patreon.com forward slash connor Beebe, and you get cool stuff in return um when you donate to this sort of rhythmic and dependable source of um income for me so okay that's it uh now i'm gonna talk about ireland <laughs> um and media and sex workers you know i I think I've talked about this before on the show, but I've wanted to live here. I would say my, most of my life, you know, my, I saved my entire life, but really, I mean, since I was 15 and I came here and fell in love with the place. Um, there's so much that I could say about what is great to me about Ireland and all of it would probably sound completely fucking crazy to an Irish person. (laughs) As I'm told repeatedly, you moved to Ireland from LA, what the fuck is your problem? But, um, you know, the, to me, the the sky that is lively gray that stays bright no matter how cloudy it gets is still bright. The, the way the light falls upon the stone and the sea here, um, I mean, the light has its own sort of beamness here. Um, all the stone walls, the little cats running around all over the place. Uh, I'm just looking at one right now, walking on a roof uh, outside. <laughs> So that's why, but there are a bunch of them. They're very cute, uh, little Irish city cats. Um, the way that people talk to each other, the kind of communal friendliness that happens because this is an island, the rolling green, the literature, the literary traditions here, of course, James Joyce, as you know, uh, is very important to me. I teach the Reading Ulysses with Connor Beeb course, which I will be doing again this year. Um, all that, but uh, something that I have had a bad experience with, and so I think I'm telling you all the good stuff because I don't want you to think I'm having an overall bad experience here. This is, I mean, this is the adventure of a lifetime for me, and I'm so excited. And it's not even an adventure. Adventure's so temporary. It's like, okay, great, you get the fucking ring that turns you invisible and throw it in a volcano. I I can't remember Lord of the Rings because I don't like Lord of the Rings, but anyway, something like that. Uh this is a much more long term thing <laughs> for me getting a PhD and living here. Um, but anyway, I just am, I don't want you to think that I think ill of Ireland. Um, but I do want to tell you about this encounter with the media here. So about a week after I got here, um, I got a message from a, a show researcher and producer uh, for a major Irish radio station. And now I don't, I don't really know that much about Irish media or radio or any of that kind of stuff. But this I can tell um, from Twitter and talking to people was a pretty major uh, media deal here in the country. And uh, I'm not going to name names, um, but they basically uh, wanted me to be on one of the sort of bigger shows where they could interview me. And I asked around, and everybody knew who the host was, too, and were sort of excited about it and all that kind of stuff. So uh, so I said yes, and uh, I sent a list of resources. I, I have no idea how they even fucking knew I was here. Uh, someone must have seen it on Twitter or what, whatever. So I sent a list of resources to them, like links to my work and stuff, just to show what I was up to. So, you know... Um, I sent episodes of this show. I think I sent the episode 50 with Mona El-Tahawi, the Egyptian Muslim feminist um, and author. I sent the one with Greg and Dana Newkirk, the paranormal uh, investigators. And I, I probably sent another one as well. I sent essays that I wrote, um, only one of which was about porn. My, And I sent that because it's like my most popular essay, probably what I want to know is why you hate porn stars. I also sent A bunch of stuff on sex worker advocacy, links to my talks that I've given, my courses that I've taught, all the media that I've done, all that kind of stuff. And this, I'm telling you all this not to brag, but for, it actually serves a purpose in this story. So I sent all that, and um, then we talked again a couple days later. Uh, The the researcher sent me an email that said something like, oh, well, you know, there's a store... (laughs) not not too far away in ireland well nothing's too far away in ireland uh where uh there's a sign they have a a big billboard kind of sign that has a woman in her lingerie and uh you know some community members want that taken down so we might have you comment on that (laughs) this is a little odd so i looked it up and uh it looked kind of like an kind of invented story i mean it was actually happening but really blown out of proportion was like two people had complained about the sign and were trying to rally more animosity towards it but didn't really seem like anybody cared so uh you know i responded i was like well you know it's a little weird for me uh to tell irish people how to live in their communities (laughs) Uh, especially i'm not you know maybe after like four years of being here, I'll feel more comfortable doing that. But, um, you know, this seems to be like an inter-community thing, but I will talk more broadly about why we should be, uh, more accepting and understanding of sexual imagery and the naked body and all that kind of stuff. And then I said, you know, cause I was getting a little bit of a feeling about the direction of the show. I just said, you know, listen, I, I just want to remind you that you're interviewing me. Right. So, uh, my work now is not really porn. I mean, I I did porn years ago, and uh, you know the last one came out that I did came out in 2017. I still might do uh, it again in the future. I don't know, but right now certainly not. That's not the focus of my life. Um, you know, really, I do this podcast now. I give talks at universities, and uh, I do activism, and I'm a writer. So there's a whole lot to choose from. And I'm really happy to talk about porn and sex work in my life, but just, you know, so we are clear. And he was like, oh, no, 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 no. This is after, you know, we're talking about it. He's like, no, 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 of course. Like, that's what we're going to ask you about. We're going to ask you about that first. Like, we're just sort of interested in, you know, these aspects of what you do too. And But no, we're going to ask you about your podcast. we want to ask you about all the work you're doing now. Great. Okay, awesome. So, (laughs) you know... I got to the station and the uh the researcher met me there and then led me to uh the studio I sat down the interviewer came in right into it there wasn't really you know it was it was a little weird because usually in the U.S. you have call time you sit down and you can talk for a few minutes and you know then but this was like just really just sort of rushed in so um but it was fine, and it was being pre-recorded too, so this isn't live. Uh, so the the rush was a little weird, but it was fine. So the researcher was nice. The host was seemed like a great guy, um, and I think one of the first thing he asked me was, "So how do people respond to you being in porn when you tell them?" <laughs> and I mean, this is just like. Uh, and, and, and you can see where this is going. I mean, that's what the interview was like. It was, um, a little crazy. Uh, then, you know, there was another question. Well, when you're doing that for work, when, when you come home and you have a partner, I mean, what's that like? Aren't you just kind of like diluting that, uh, you know, your, your ability to be sexually close with somebody, stuff, stuff like that. And, um, you know, and, and, and doesn't this affect people's expectations when they watch porn? How does that make them feel? Now, let me just be clear I don't object to these questions, and especially in the hands of someone who's willing to go deep into the questions and not just sort of make them little quick sound bites, um, they can actually unlock a lot. But when I thought I was going in to be interviewed about me and my work and then instead it was these questions that as a porn performer in your life you get these kinds of questions from porn blogs all the time um they're like the same one of the same 10 questions that you get constantly from you know being uh so just from being in porn like and it it's appropriate sort of on a porn blog i guess um because you want to see how, you know, 20 different porn stars respond to the same 10 questions. But these are questions I got really early on in my career again and again and again. So not only were they questions I was totally familiar with, but they were questions that I've been asked many times in the beginning of my career and that this interview exists with me, exists in many, many different places already. Um, needless to say, none of the stuff that I sent in the research really came up. I'm in the, um, the research in the, uh, the email I sent with all the links and stuff. None of that really came up. There was like a really brief question about my show. Uh, so what is it? So you have a podcast. Yeah. I explained. And, And then just moving right along. Oh, so you want to move in Ireland. So you want to move to Ireland. So I talked about that for a second. That was pretty much it. And then also they asked me about something that I told them not to ask me about on air, which I'm not going to recount here because, uh, I just, it was just some personal details for privacy reasons. And, um, so the whole thing was just this total shit show that was kind of like, like, I would say it's almost like amateur hour. That's how I felt. It was really amateurish. And these are people that are... I, I think professional in many other ways, but it was revelatory to me about like how amateurs people are when it comes to sex work in the first place. And that's not really their fault in a way, in the sense that most people are amateurs when it comes to sex work and sex, especially in places where there's a lot of repression and suppression around these kinds of topics, um, which is, let's face it, most places in, um, in the world. So, um, it, it everybody's forced into a sort of amateurish uh banal curiosity um when these things could go much much deeper um I think that i'm I'm really uh Disappointed, you know. I got out of the, I got out of the, uh, the studio, and then talked to the researcher for like five minutes, and I didn't say anything about it because I was actually so kind of gobsmacked, and I had just gotten over having pneumonia, uh, which I had for a week, um, and I was just so out of it, and kind of like, what the fuck just happened? And when I got back, I just kept thinking about it. I was like, what? And so, this story, the saga continues. So I sent an email to the researcher and I said, hey, you know, that was fine. You guys seem nice. Um, But I want you to know that this is not the interview that I agreed to do and that I received multiple assurances that this was not the interview that I was going to be asked to do. I don't mind talking about porn. I don't even mind necessarily talking about the kinds of things that came up on the show. But you wanted to do a show about my work and basically this is an introduction for me to the entire country of Ireland. (laughs) It's like, because this is a really big show and I don't really like that. That's, it's a false introduction. So I just want you to know uh, I'm happy to come back in and record Just one or two more questions. You can just weave them into the interview. That'd be fine. Or we can re-record it. You know, I'm really busy, but let's do that. You know, I'm I'm happy to do that. And uh, also, you asked me something on air that I told you not to. And I sent you all these resources um, and links, and none of that came up. Uh, And there was only one thing in there about porn, and I sent that to you because it was my most popular article. So. What's up, you know? Can we do something about this? So I got an email back uh, from the researcher <laughs> that said, uh, hey listen, you know, we just want you to know that uh, we both thought you came off great. We thought you sounded great like a sex worker with agency really just made decisions in his life. <laughs> so I just, I just want you to know that's what you sounded like. Okay, so that's when I start getting really fucking pissed off. <laughs> that's when we start crossing over uh from being you know a, a bit of a problem that might be born from ignorance to something that is like sort of aggressively stupid um and I'm not saying that this person is aggressively stupid, but it was really bad. I mean you don't you don't say something so so i I you know I responded and said, uh yeah, I know I sounded good. And basically I was saying, you know, I know I sounded good because I've answered these questions dozens of times over 10 years of being a public figure. Uh, These questions are very common. So uh, I know I sounded good. And also I've done a ton of media, so I know how to do media. Hey, I have my own show. Um, So I don't need that pattern on the back, which is rather condescending and rather besides the point. Um, I didn't say all that. I, and the tones of my emails were so nice. Cause again, these people were nice people. Like it's not it's not a personal thing, but when when this kind of ignorance and, and fumbling f- filters through into the interaction, it's hard to not be irritated and pissed off. I'm a fucking nice person, you assholes, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> anyway, so uh I was like, yeah and I know I, I know I sounded good. Um, what I'm trying to say is that you did not give me the interview that you said you were going to give me. And you ignored everything that I'm doing and have been doing for years and have really been mostly just doing for the past, like, three, four years. So um, what's up with that? And... You know, it was a great opportunity to talk about sex workers, to talk about my show, to talk about serious conversations, philosophy, the transition from. Uh, doing uh, pornography and sex work primarily into doing writing and all these other things and how we might view sex workers in a different way if we want to see um, all the amazing things that sex workers are capable of and doing and 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 creating in the world Um, and not that they have to do that and not that sex work is less than any of that but just you know for the purposes of interest that might be an interesting story you know so and I just said, you know like let me explain it this way if you had somebody on your show you know if 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 there were an artist who came out with an album like a hit album and then came out with three more albums and then started having their work put in galleries uh, art galleries and then uh you know started doing activism and giving talks at universities and your radio station reached out and said hey we'd like to uh, do a sort of portrait show about you and your work, would you ever have them on then after you said that and after they agreed and just ask them about their first album? You would never do that in a million years. But people feel fine doing that with sex workers all the time. So, you know, like I tweeted this funny like little tweet about it that got, I think, like... 2000 likes or something like that after i posted that was like sex worker wins the nobel prize journalist so what's sex work like (laughs) like uh you know sex worker who is also a lawyer beaten by her husband uh headline in newspaper hooker beaten hooker beaten by loving husband you know Uh, sex worker breeds journalist so were you coerced into breathing? You know, anyway, I hope that made sense. I just sort of spit back a memorized tweet. But anyway, the point is like the questions are just, they're, they're so amateurish because people have no sort of understanding of how to do this and talk to sex workers or think about sex work. Um, and And it always becomes this sort of like, uh like it's all it's almost sort of like the the way of talking about is it overwhelms uh any kind of nuanced or thoughtful discussion for so many journalists even professionals like the ones who are on this radio station and have been working at it for over a decade um so i just you know said all that and i said so hey, just want to say, again, I'm available to come in and re-record or to record a few extra questions. And uh, I hope that this makes things more clear. It's not about that I didn't think I sounded good. It's about that this is not the interview that you asked me to do. And it's not representative of my work, which is what you said the interview would be about. So the email back then was, you know, we don't have time to do that. We have to produce so much content and we don't have time to just re-record interviews. So I'm sorry, I guess we're just gonna have to delete the entire thing and scrap it. Can you imagine, like, I'm fucking busy too, guys, <laughs> you know? I get it and I'm busy and, you know, it would have taken about, you know, two minutes. Oh, and also you said, I did so much, I put in so much time researching you. Well, none of that was reflected in the interview. None of it. So no, uh, you didn't. Uh, First of all, I think you're lying. Uh, You didn't spend time researching me or going through those links, that's a lie. Um, Because whatever, it was completely lazy. And if it was a miscommunication on the part between the researcher and the radio show host, because maybe the researcher did do a ton of research, well, then the host is really fucking lazy. So it's one of those two things. Um, And either of those are fine. I have off days at work. I had days where I just kind of phone it in because life can be really fucking rough sometimes. You got a lot of shit going on. So I'm completely understanding, but then it's coupled with this kind of not knowing how to talk to or think about, uh, talk with sex workers or think about sex work. Um, and so, uh, then after that, um, I just emailed back and I was like, well, uh, I just want to say, you know, I hope that y- this serves as a learning arc for you on how to deal with talking to sex workers in the future. When it makes sense for you to reach out again, to talk about my work, please do so I'm around and, uh, you know, and I think that deleting it is the best thing to do, given that you're not willing to reapproach. Thanks. So, all this is just to sort of lead you through this interaction now before we get on the case of these two particular people who again were very personally you know sweet kind people it seemed like this is something that happens all the fucking time it happens to people who have done any amount of sex work again and again and again And the point here is not to denigrate or devalue the sex work as a point of interest. It is a point of interest. But the fact of the matter is, people don't know how to ask questions of sex workers, and they don't know how to think about sex work as something that could be integrated into somebody's life or their work. If someone's a sex worker and then also doing other forms of art, Isn't it an interesting question to think about how sex work and art interplay with each other? It wouldn't be interesting to say, um, what could you tell us about how the kinds of labor uh, practices and labor exploitation that you see in the world and the way labor is regulated? As a sex worker, can you tell us what your reflections are on everybody else's work? Or sort of, you know, another version as a porn performer, all the sort of, uh, uh, all the sort of intricacies and contours of consent on set. What can we, as non-performers, learn about consent from you? Not how do you defend yourself against our issues with you? How do you defend yourself? How do you explain yourself in a way that we can understand so we can be okay with what you do? What about, hey? Um, as somebody who is, you know, a creative person who's a media figure, um, how did your uh, how how does that inform the sex work that you did, and how does the sex work you did inform that? So these are all examples of questions that you can ask that at least start to approach a fuller view of someone uh, who has done or is doing sex work. And it's not, and it's not even necessary, like those aren't the best questions either. I'm just coming up with those off the top of my fucking head. But those would have been questions that would have been great. (laughs) I would have loved that. Uh, Do you think that people's sexual attitudes are changing? You know, but it always ends up in being these kinds of, uh, these questions that are, how has this affected you personally in an adverse way? and how are you overcoming it so that I can feel comfortable asking the question? And then when you do that, they're like, see, you're breaking the stereotypes. You brought me the stereotype, motherfucker. (laughs) You brought it. What do you mean I'm breaking the stereotypes? No, you're reinforcing them. So don't create a field where I have to break the stereotype that you brought to me, you know? How about you just let go of that stereotype and have a conversation? with someone who's doing interesting things in the world. So in any case, lots of sex workers aren't doing other art projects or media projects or talking at universities or whatever, and none of them have to. And uh, none of them also have to be representative of other sex workers or any of that kind of stuff. I'm not saying anything like that at all. I'm just saying that journalists, they, they don't, by and large, know how to ask questions about sex work sex workers, pornography, or just sex in general. And uh, I hope that me recounting this story um, was exciting for you and interesting to you and maybe brings uh, new dimensions to <laughs> the questions that you might think through or ask. Or maybe you're just thinking, of what the fuck is your problem? Uh, it That that all sounds fine. But really, it wasn't fine. It wasn't fine, <laughs> it wa- it wasn't fine uh, from multiple standpoints, but... Uh, I just, I also get, you know, someone being like, uh, dude, that like, they asked you to be on the radio, like, stop fucking complaining. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to go back to the very first radio interview I ever did. Um, after starting porn, which when I say starting porn, I also mean after becoming a public figure because that's when I became a public figure. Uh, and it was for a Canadian radio station the Mike Bullard Show. I, I, again, I think Mike Bullard's like a big deal in Canada, but nobody I know, like, would know who he was. Um, well, maybe, I'd know a few Canadians, I guess. But, um, you know, has me on the show. And the first question, you know, he says, oh, you're a writer and a porn star. He said, which one is your mom more proud of? That was the first question, and I said, well, my mom's dead, (laughs) because she is, but it's very hilarious that she's dead. Well, it's funny now. Um, She and I laugh about it all the time. She died when I was uh, in my early 20s, Um, but he was like, "Oh, oh, oh, I'm very sorry about that, and I think that's pretty illustrative about how stupid a fucking question that is. When you ask questions like that, you make a whole set of assumptions of the kind of relations that I have, who I am, that I am exactly like you, that the people around me would feel the same way as the people around you would feel, that you and I have the same anxieties, all that kind of stuff. Um, But I think that that's the perfect portrait of these kind of fumbling questions. All right, everybody. I think I'm done. And um, I love Ireland so much and there are so many like f- amazing media people and creative people here too so it's not a diss on all Irish media or anything like that uh but the one I encountered kind of sucked so uh everybody enjoy your Saturday and uh I'll see you on Tuesday for uh and against everyone with Connor Vip episode which is all about mysteries and murder and violence and the occult with an amazing guest, so uh, listen to that episode too. Thanks for listening. Patreon.com forward slash Conrad Beeb. Goodbye.